You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. So today we are continuing our series, Out of the Depths, where we are looking at the Psalms. So I'm going to be reading Psalm 3 today. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible app or whatever, Psalm 3 is where we'll be. All right. And this sits along quite nicely to the other sermon series that's going on, which is all about the, 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 the Christian survival guide. That's right. Christian survival guide. So Psalm 3, I'll read it for you. It says, a psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord. Deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. Amen. Jesus, may you speak to us today. May you quicken your word to our spirits. Amen. Right, so Psalm 3 then. Um, it's quite handy when the Bible gives you helpful bits of information. So at the start of the psalm, we are told it's a psalm of David. So that's good. That's good to know. And it also tells us the circumstances around which the psalm was written. It says, when he fled from his son, Absalom. So what is the situation where the psalm was written? It's, it, it wasn't like me running away from Elijah, my three-year-old, all right? Like we're playing a game, you know, I'm running away from my son. Oh, Elijah's going to tag me or whatever it is. Not like that. This was deadly serious, and it was a matter of life and death. We can see this whole story unfold in the book of 2 Samuel. I will summarize some of it here for you now. So, Absalom was one of David's sons. He had a brother called Amnon, all right, whom he arranged for the murder of. So he murdered his brother Amnon, okay, because Amnon had raped Absalom's sister, okay. After this, Absalom fled and he was in exile. For a few years, obviously a bit afraid of what his father, King David, might do to him because he's murdered another one of David's sons. Eventually, King David then relents and allows Absalom to return to Jerusalem. 
And whilst he was there, Absalom started garnering the favor of the people. He was saying what, he, what they wanted to hear and he was gaining the loyalty of many of them. And after a few years of this, he then sets off to a place called Hebron, where he attempts a coup and proclaims himself as king, whilst David was still sat on the throne in Jerusalem. In response to this, David and those loyal to him actually flee because they knew that their lives were in danger. And they were right because Absalom goes about looking for David with his big army of supporters in order to kill him so that he can actually seize the throne. And that's where our psalm enters into the story. Absalom's story carries on. I'm not going to go into it now. If you want to read it, you can have a look in 2 Samuel chapter 16 to 18 to find out the rest of Absalom's story, if you want to. But already, just from the bit of story we've read so far, what a mess. What a mess. And believe me, David, and in the life of David, he's got more messes than this in his life, I can tell you. Life can get messy. Life can be tough. Life can be painful. Here we see a family at war with each other, a family in pain, and people's lives being hurt and destroyed because of it. And isn't it sad how after all these years that have passed since David and Absalom were around, that we still see this sort of thing happening. Families at war with each other, people in pain causing hurt to others. But this is why I like the Bible. Because it's real. It's true to life. It doesn't cover up the messy stuff. It's not afraid to talk about it. Because God can work even within the mess. And indeed, Jesus came, didn't he, to clean up the mess by taking it all upon himself when he died in our place on the cross. And we have the choice to invite him in to start trying to clean up the mess in our lives. This is why I like the Psalms as well. Because we can express our emotions. You know, you're allowed to get emotional at church. It's allowed. Yeah? In fact, I would, I would encourage it. This is the best place to get emotional. Yeah? The Psalms show us you could express your emotions. We can direct our pain and our fear and our anguish to God and cry out for help within the dark and difficult things of life. The Psalms are real, they're true to life, and we can learn from them. We can learn how to respond appropriately when we encounter similar or difficult circumstances. Now, difficulty and pain will come 
as we go through life. Being a Christian and choosing to follow Jesus doesn't mean life will be a bed of roses. Well, bed of, even beds of roses come with thorns. Yeah? Life will still be tough. We are in a broken and fallen world full of broken and hurting people. We will go through difficult times. This is out of our control. But we can control our response to the difficult times when they come. So let's turn to our psalm. Let's see how David chooses to respond to this situation in the psalm. So verses 1 and 2 say, Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. David had Absalom, who had become an enemy and was literally pursuing him to take his crown and his life. We can see in these words the despair and hopelessness that David is feeling in the situation. He's full of emotion and he's not afraid to tell God how it is, how he's feeling. He also could choose to listen to the negative words being said about him here. God will not deliver him. He could choose to listen to those and accept them. But he doesn't. He chooses differently. And in verse 3, we see the choice that David has made, even within his feelings of fear, hopelessness, and despair. Verses 3 and 4, he says, But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. This is how he chooses to respond. He may not feel like it. He may not feel that his head is currently being lifted high or, or not feeling terribly protected. He's on the run. He's sleeping in caves. He's in fear for his life. But you, Lord, but you, Lord, are a shield around me. You see, he decides, he chooses to look to the Lord. He calls out, he wrestles with God, he expresses his emotion, but then he gives it to God. He offloads his burdens and the Lord answers him. Elsewhere, David says in Psalm 55, 22, he says, cast your cares Unto the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Cast your cares unto the Lord. For those who don't know, I'm originally from Zimbabwe and I trained as a primary school teacher. And one of, it was my final, my postgraduate training, um, I was assigned to a school in the capital city, um, Harare. And I did some training and some lectures and, and things, as well as having work experience and stuff in the school where I was posted. 
And one of the responsibilities I had was I was coaching um, a sports team um, on one of the afternoons. And I was put in charge of tennis. Great. I'm no sportsman, but there you go. I was assigned the tennis. And part of the tennis was they had a tennis ladder where the students could challenge each other um, and the, the better one then goes up a, a, a step of the ladder and the person who gets beaten goes down a step and you can, you can sort of find out who's the best tennis player in the school, okay? And there was a challenge and, and one boy beat another boy who was on the top, but now he was knocked down to the second spot. Um, and of course, oh, please, 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 can I play him again, you know, next, next break time or whatever it was. And I said, no, you've got to wait until the next tennis session before that happens. Ah, now the father enters the scene. He makes a big fuss to the headmaster. I was summoned into the head's office, was pretty much interrogated. I was told that the father was up in arms and that he was accusing me of racism towards his son. And in amidst this turmoil, um, the Psalms were a real comfort to me. Psalms like this one. I used them to express myself to God. Prayed them out loud in my room at night. I brought my burden to the Lord. I gave him my problems. But because the psalmists don't just abandon things wallowing in a pit of despair. Yes, express your emotions, but don't just leave it there. They don't leave it there. There is always a turning towards God. So as I use their words, I too could turn towards God and say, but you, Lord, but you, Lord, are a shield around me. And he lifted me up too. I called on the Lord and he answered me too. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. My prayers at that time were something along the lines of, save me, help me. Lord, you know the truth in this situation. May those who are rising up against me be knocked down again. May you fight for me, Lord. Deliver me from this trouble. Then the next week, the father appears at the tennis courts. Comes over to me and asks if I was Mr. McClary in charge of the tennis. I said, yes, I am. Sort of not quite knowing what to expect. And he smiles and he apologizes. He thought I was an older man who had fought in the, in the war, and he obviously still had issues about this himself. Um, but he saw that I was a young guy, still in university, um, so he dropped his complaint, just like that, and the trouble left. From the Lord comes deliverance, hallelujah. By bringing his problems to God, David, resets his focus. He was in the emotional turmoil of the situation, but he chooses to reset his focus. 
He can start to see things from God's perspective. And somehow, from that place, our problems are still real, but the terror and the horror of them are less. Because our trust is in God. He chooses to go to God. And I wonder if this was David's default to go to God when things in his life went wrong. I wonder. But somehow, seeing the other messes David made, I don't think so. I think, like us, David had to learn to deliberately choose to reprogram his default setting. You know, when you get a new computer, you switch it on. You can't use it straight away. Oh, no, 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 no. You've got to answer hundreds of questions. Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to connect to that? Click yes for this. Click no for this. Click OK for that. Do you want to, me to allow cookies? I always go, hmm, are they chocolate chip? Yes, please. <laughs> it comes with default settings built in. If something goes wrong, you can click a button and put things back to the default settings. But you know, we come pre-programmed too. We have default settings. But they are often sinful because we are born sinners into a sinful world. That's how life starts out. And when things go wrong, where do we run to first? What do we do? Is it a phone call to mum to get her advice? Do we binge watch Netflix to help us ignore the situation for a while? Do we try to numb the pain with alcohol or drugs or, or with food? Do we turn to pornography for comfort or whatever it may be? When we are having a tough time, we have a choice as to which path to take, which direction to go in. Just like the exercise with the mazes earlier on in the service. You may have taken a wrong turn and had to retrace your steps to go a different way. You had to make decisions as to which way you would go. But even if you got it wrong, like with God, you get second chances to try again and go his way next time. Like David, we need to learn that when we are in the fight, when we are in the midst of everything in life, just going wrong and it's all falling apart, when all our enemies are rising up against us, we need to reset our default button. We need to change the setting so that we run to Jesus. So like David, when we are telling God all our problems, we can hit the, but you, Lord, button. Because from the Lord comes deliverance. I just love verses 5 and 6 of this psalm. It says, I lie down and sleep. 
I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Even in the terrible situation he found himself in, by bringing the situation and his emotions to God and by choosing to adjust his perspective, David can sleep. Even in that storm, David can sleep. Not only this, he finds God also gives him the strength he needs to carry on, to keep on going. As I was preparing this sermon, I just felt that someone needed to hear these words today. Just keep going. Hold on tight to Jesus' hand and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep going. The Lord will sustain you. David was in fear of his life. But here he says he will not fear. You see, he chooses not to allow fear to overcome him or control him. See, he may still feel afraid, but he will not fear. He will not allow fear to rule in the situation because his trust and his faith are in God and he is confident that God will help him, sustain him and deliver him. So when next you find you are in a difficult or painful situation, you might even be in one right now. But you know, if, if you're not in that place right now, tomorrow you might be. When you are in a difficult situation, turn to Jesus. Pick up the Psalms. Speak them out as prayers. Make them your own. Decide to reprogram your default button and declare, but you, Lord. Begin to see things from his perspective. Sleep. Keep going. And do not fear, even though you may feel afraid. Because from the Lord comes deliverance. Amen.